All right, guys, what's up? Matt and James here from another episode of Coffee is for Closers. For those of you who have never been here before, this is a podcast about all things sales, business, and um, we decide to talk about on the Yeah, day. and rants. I hope you like rants because rants are, rants are good. We're just getting used to these microphones. Well, I, I just all the microphone stands are in my house. Why? Because I forgot them. Okay. Yeah, I thought um, that was a cool story to that. No, no, no that's, I, just, that's I just forgot them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what we're going to be talking about today, guys, is I actually just got over COVID. So we're going to be talking about COVID, business, sales, like what kind of effect it's had on different industries that we've seen, um, what people are currently doing, and like what sales guys, I guess, are, are seeing from it, different objections you get, and all, all kind of things, you know. I'm sure you guys haven't had enough of it. But we're going to be talking about COVID. Please don't cough. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Last I heard, like two weeks ago, you were completely immune and you were never going to catch it. I was pretty, I was not going to lie. I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty confident I was somehow immune. No, so, because I've been to a bunch of different places. So I've been to Disneyland, didn't get it, wasn't careful. You're in West Taiwan for a while, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then we came back here. And then everyone was getting it here and then didn't get it. And then I went back over to Scottsdale Everyone in the and everyone side. had it while I was over there just before. And I was like hanging out with everybody, didn't get it. Mm. And then I came home, got off my wife. There you go. And she had it for a few days and I was like, I can't get it. Next minute. Next minute. I didn't feel very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the funniest <laughs> thing is you're just so confident. You're like, ah, oh, you know what? I've caught it. I'm immune. Even if I do catch it, it's not going to affect me. Next minute, you're crying like a baby. <laughs> Go, oh, COVID, get away, get away. Yeah, I'm glad, I I've, take had, I'm it. glad I've had it now. Um, you know, but uh, no, it, like it didn't, it, like it's in everyone's personal experiences may vary. It was unpleasant, but it wasn't as bad as the flu for me personally. Um, it was sort of a cross between the cold and the flu. Um, the only thing I had was like the shakes, like the fevers and stuff like that at night which was unpleasant. So I had a few very, very unpleasant nights, but now I've got like my lungs are, are not working that well. Mm. Um, but that'll just probably take a couple of weeks. It's getting better and better each day, but I feel like I'm on, I feel like I am uh, at altitude. Yeah. Okay. You should take, um, I just bought a packet of those nasal strips that meant to open up the airflow. I've been taking Ventolin. Okay. But yeah, so like, I think we're lucky to have a, a business that runs fairly well, you know, um, Without, you know, being too linchpin or any any one individual. Well, especially not me. Um, <laughs> you know, there are other people where if they went down, it'd be more, much more of, of a significant issue. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, like you know, from we have like a hundred people, maybe a hundred and ten people or something like that, and like we haven't noticed too much of having any particular size of workforce down at any one time. No, no. Um, like we've always had a couple people that have got it. Yep but it hasn't ever been like a significant part of the workforce. Yeah. One of the worries that we had when we were bringing people together for um, the okay. seventh level challenge. Yeah, that that we just did. Same as the retreat. Yeah. It was everyone getting yeah. it. So we had to 
that was a bit of a calculated risk, um, and it, it it sort of panned out. We're lucky we have a pretty young population. If yeah. I had like a group of sixty year olds, I probably wouldn't do that. I oh, absolutely not. Um, would be a bit miserable to be honest. I I think like probably three to five percent of our workforce at any given stage over the last say twelve months has had COVID. Yeah, hasn't really impacted because there's been so few because everyone obviously works remote. Um, they don't spread it like they would in an office, mm. i.e. like being here. So it hasn't been much of an impact. But like from your end, whilst that seven days or whatever it was, six, five, how um, do you feel like, did you get any work done? We just Yeah, no, I got, I got work done. I took like um, probably a day and a half completely off. Yeah. So I was like, Ugh, I just don't feel very well and I'd rather rest and not worry about it. Mm. My brain is still not working 100%, I think, because of the oxygen. My oxygen sats got down to like 93 um, okay. 93% where it's usually just standard around anywhere from 98 to a hundred. Um, you know, um, uh, James Kent was trying to convince me to buy a, um, a hyperbaric chamber for in here. You can get them for like 10 grand. You just go sit in there, have a nap for 20 minutes with pure oxygen. Yeah. Right. I guess it'd be awesome for performance. I'm like, it would be, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go and buy a hyperbaric, hyperbaric chamber, chamber. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus, but I like your dedication to human performance. Like, yeah, I'm we used to have one of those at the unit that I was in. Had, a high, yeah, right. had an altitude chamber and also um, – but, yeah, so it's been interesting. But to, but to be perfectly honest, like for us and I think for a lot of the coaching and consulting industry, I mean, COVID's been a massive boom. Mm. You yeah. know? Like it's, it's sort of in moonshot. Like fitness business coaches, I mean, my God. Oh, they would have crushed it. Like they crushed it. Like remember we were selling for a fitness business coach – and their business like 10 X because of COVID gym business coaches. On the other hand, if they didn't transition, yeah, we watched a couple of that happen too. That was super mm. interesting watching like, like, so I was a full-time sales guy when COVID first hit off. Yep. Right. Selling to trades people, which like not a great thing to be selling when COVID is happening yeah. because like there was so much like, what are we allowed to do? What aren't we allowed to do? Um, How do we talk about this? Like people were getting like, you know, all jobs were stopping. Now it's totally different. Like now that industry is actually like, they're so busy because of COVID, but there are supply chain issues. So it brings in sort of other, other issues. Um, but like, it was really interesting to watch because like I was doing the sales for one business, but we were, we were doing the sales for a few other ones at the same time. Um, and watching the pivots was very, very interesting. Like we were, mm. we were, remember we were selling for a fitness business coach that yes. exploded. Yep. We were selling for a, a business coach that did predominantly physios, massage therapists yep. that imploded. Yeah. Right. Like that was, tanked. that tanked. I think that they managed to recover it, but that, that took a huge hit. Yeah. They lost like, they had, I think like three quarters of their, client base wiped out because they're all physical in person. Yeah. They couldn't trade, they couldn't pay the bills, so they paused or cancelled their recurrings. Yeah, exactly. There was that uh, business coaches that did predominantly gyms, they got really badly yeah. hurt and I, I know a few and really watching them try to pivot to online was interesting mm. because they didn't really have the skill set to do so to be able to help people get leads for online training and so it was sort of like they were had the same level of skill as what their students were. So n none of those really lasted that long, mm. um, you know, which kind of like sort of shut down a big chunk of that industry. And then it was like online marketing companies boomed. Yep. Like yep. that. So, um, but yeah, there were like, you know, lots of, it, it was interesting watching the different decision-making processes 
And there was like, there was the businesses that were like, we're just going to hold fast and keep doing what we're doing. And I, so, and so like when I was doing the sales, that was sort of what was happening. And I was like, we need to make some pivots. I you was have like, to adapt. We yeah. have to adapt. Like it's now a different market that no one's ever heard of. Like people are not thinking opportunity, they're thinking fear. So we need to have an offer that reflects the time. Yeah. And I, I remember um, first hearing about it when it first came out of um, China. And uh, we had many conversations on the phone, like, what the f- happening here? Like, what yeah. do we do? How's this going to affect us? And we, um, we essentially just doubled down and go, okay, well, let's look for clients that service online people rather than in person because they're the ones that are going to get leads. Let's focus on bringing them in. Let's ramp up sales force to those particular guys and work within their marketing teams. And that's what really got us working with the marketing teams of businesses, knowing that there's going to be such turbulence through yeah. the next period. And at that stage, not knowing how long it's going to last. I'll tell you what was really interesting during that time from a business perspective was the people who decided to go balls to the walls was how much market share they grabbed in such a short period of yes. time. And like, we're, we're one of those people. Like we just went, let's go hard in the paint. Yep. Let's Dominate spend it. more money on ads, like on ads on content. You know what I mean? Like we don't really do ads, but we do content so yeah, we can yeah. get market share. Like, let's just, let's just do more. And then like, there was a huge group of people and it was like, there was two camps. There was the group of people that reverted and they just, they, they went, boom, let's just protect the clientele that we have. Let's not spend any money on ads. Let's not spend any money on branding. Let's just protect what we have. And then there was the businesses that went all in and decided to go, let's just go for it. And they were literally, and this was in every industry. I was seeing this in builders. I was seeing this in gyms. I was seeing this in brick and mortar businesses everything because I was selling a few different offers at the time, one main one, but a few different ones. And really there were just two camps of business owners survive or thrive. Exactly. And so everyone who went all in, not everyone, obviously, but I saw a everyone lot of, that did that had skill set and they gained yeah. some market share and that market, and they're still killing it. Yeah. And a lot of those businesses that kind of backed off, they shut down Yeah, or they just never quite, Recovered. It's really difficult if you're going like six, seven hundred thousand dollars a month, and you drop down to a hundred. That's hard to rebuild. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of those people there, they've got employers that they have to get rid of because they can't afford them. Like, there's so many structural changes, and a lot of them try to hold on, probably for too long, thinking that it's going to be better because then the governments were announcing specific things. It's like, oh, we'll get back out at on these dates, and those dates never came. It's like we'll get back out on these dates. And then we had that phase probably seven or eight months where everyone was free back into the public. There was no lockdowns. And then then a second wave come. And the guys that um, were in that survive mode that hoarded cash, didn't spend anything, started putting money into the business during that phase where they all come out because it looked like greener pastures. Then a second wave came in and it f***ing bankrupted them. And I tell you who it really, really f***ed over which is sort of I'm not really mad about, is the people who ran their businesses in shitty ways. Mm. So the people who like went all contractor instead of employee, right? Like, or they had all casuals, yeah, right? Because like, um, so you look at like restaurants, for example, or even gyms, you look at gyms is perfect, right? Yeah. The people who did the right thing and they 
actually employed. So for those of you who are in the US, the difference between like a 1099 and a W-2, because in Australia, there's lots of rules around like how much percentage of money they make, but a lot of gym owners like kind of skirt the rules and just pay people as contractors yeah. on a per session basis. But you didn't get any compensation for contractors or casuals. You only got compensation for part-time and full-time employees. You mean government incentives. Yeah, government incentives, right? So like the gym that I used to own, or the one like not the big conglomerate, but like the one that was individual, that gym was set up to where everyone was an employee, everyone, yeah. right? Even like even part-time, whatever. And so like they would have got full rent assistance, yeah. right? And they would have got all the, all the, um, all of their wages yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah, they, right? AJ's Plus they would have got the rebates and all the bass and they wouldn't have to pay any tax, right? So we got free rent. So basically, and they were running sessions outside. Yeah, yeah. Right? So even though their income would have gone down by probably half, I would say, mm-hmm. right? Right? They would have had no expenses. Yeah, they would have been able to maintain profit so, because of the so government. Yeah, during that time, they probably made more money. Yeah. And it's funny because the ones that had all the contractors, um, all of a sudden now the government was handing out money uh, to people that lost work, right? Because they couldn't, they weren't employees. They were getting uh, government incentives like the Centrelink and stuff. Therefore, it, they couldn't get them back to work. Yeah, they wouldn't go back to work because they were making more money on the government incentives than they would have went in working their casual shifts. Yeah. So they couldn't get anyone to work with for them without hiring uh, full time. And at that stage, you the risk to hire full time to them was like if that shuts down again, like they're done. Yeah, and you didn't get the government assistance on new hires. Exactly, because it's a new hire. Yeah. So super interesting. So I was kind of glad about that. I was like, well, it serves you right for running a dodgy business, in yeah. my, like in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that really would have affected, like, so I hope, like, from a business perspective, that brings out, like, a bit of a change in certain industries where people are probably treated a little bit better and probably given the contracts which they deserve, which yeah. give them the leave and the entitlements and stuff like that. You know what I think was, like, a massive, like, um, flow and effect from that is the amount of people that saw, like, oh, employment is not going to work. You know, that's not safe as to what it once was. So a lot of a lot of those people that, you know, were potentially let off wanting to take things into their own hands, starting their own side hustles, starting their own courses, doing a lot, lot of the biz op, which blew up the coaching and consulting biz op start industries because there was that scarcity. It's like, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Things like Amazon, Shopify. Lots of, lots of industries have sort of come out of that. I mean, these things were around beforehand, but like they have like taken off to a different degree. Yeah. People selling done for you. Amazon stores done yep. for you. Shopify stores. Like we sell a couple of those and some of the offers are fantastic. Yep. Like, you know, buying cash flowing stores. Like we sell one that's a cash flowing store where you essentially, you buy it for a percentage of EBITDA. It's right? So you might buy it for two, right. you buy it for yeah. 2.4 times EBITDA. You know, they they buy it for less than that, but what they do is they buy it and then they they rebuild it. Yeah. They get it cash flowing. You get P and L's tax, the whole box and dice, and we're selling those for anywhere between seventy to about a million dollars. Yeah, depending on how much cash flow. Obviously. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly right. Yeah. And then you might pull different investors in, and then from there they can flip it again. Hmm. You know, so they get it, they buy it for five hundred, and then all of a sudden they build it even more. Sell it and they for Sell it again. Yeah. You know, um, so it's it's super interesting. Like a lot of that stuff's uh, happening. But yeah, and then from like from a sales guy perspective, I think like, you know, having a look at some of the more recession proof industries, like being more diversified, like insurance sales seems to have just skyrocketed. Like maybe I'm ignorant, maybe it's always been massive and ah, I just haven't known about it, but it seems awareness. to have, yeah. it seems to have 
blown up to where like the IMOs, the like so like the and way that it to. works is like you have like your your agency, you have like your in- insurance provider. And then what they do is they don't like having single agents. They they, they want to have an IMO, which is an internet marketing organization below them, which then gets like the percentage and it all kind of goes down from there. Yeah. Um, so what they do is they'll, they'll provide agents with leads and say like with insurance, say it's a $5,000 premium, right? They'll pay out 140% of that. Yep. Um, to IMO and the IMO will then uh, pay for all the leads and do all the lead generation, have all the systems and structure in place to be able to get that done. And then the, the rep will walk away with like 60%, right? Yeah. So you do that, but that's become a super lucrative industry. And at seventh level, we've been training a load of insurance people. And you look at like Bradley, Bradley's now got his own insurance thing where insurance salespeople that he's pushing, uh, which is great. Um, and then like coaching and consulting is obviously a big one. Then you know health mean? insurance, yep, business insurance, income and death insurance. Oh, yeah, final expenses is the easiest for people to get into. Yeah, you guys are wondering, but anyway, um, so there's there's lots of opportunities for salespeople to work remotely, where there wasn't remote opportunity before. And now that the coaching is like this industry is getting bigger, uh, whilst people were at home, it attracts people towards that industry particularly for sales guys to make a cut there if they're not willing to start a business. Yeah. That's where you get all the biz ops, like, uh, like sales mentor, which I think that's recently shut down. You know what I mean? Um, like that was a biz op to basically teach people how to, you know, make money. Same with like, I think Cole's offer. A lot of that is kind of like a biz op where they don't start a business, become a sales guy, Yeah, you know, essentially. So like that whole side of things is kind of blown up. Um, And it's great for those guys that have like read the market. And yeah. I've got all these people, particularly like these younger people that are young and ambitious that want to get after it, are sitting at home right now. What can we do to get them working at home? Well, the internet exists. Yeah. You know, it, I th- like it'll be a bubble, sort of like the dot com in this industry. Once COVID goes away, it starts to rectify itself in the next couple of years. Yeah. You'll see a lot of these businesses start to, you know, their doors will shut. I, I think anyway. I think a few of them, for sure. Yeah. You know, especially like in the coaching realm, mm-hmm. like there can't be this many coaches. It can't keep, especially the coaches, the coach coaches, the coach coaches. And there's a huge element of like the coaches that are only four weeks ahead of their client. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's got to f- stop. You know, the dudes who don't know how to actually run a business that like they don't know how to do their financing correctly. They don't have any idea about business systems and structures. All they know marketing. is, and even not even marketing, they know one type of marketing. Yeah. And then they're, there's, they're, charging people 30 grand, you know what I mean? Like you have a look at like the businesses that teach people how to monetize Facebook groups. All they know how to do is, that- is monetize Facebook groups. That's it, right? So how many people can you train well, before you've run yourself out of business? Because there's just going to be 10 coaches in there and their job is they learn the skill from you and then they coach it themselves. And then you just end up like with this ridiculous cycle of like, more and more and more. And then it's always a new tactic, a new tactic, new tactic. And then you see all these coaches and all they're ever doing is showing you the latest marketing tactic, but none of them have an understanding of like channel management. Like they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't understand how to like an actual, actual overall market. I'm saying that I do, but it's like, I w- I'm not going to teach something that I only have a limited understanding of one aspect, or I'm going to say it's this one aspect I'm not a business coach. Like we're just here to do this, but that's not a 12 month thing. Imagine trying to teach someone how to monetize a Facebook group for 12 months. Well, also like <sighs> what happens Ow, when, um, boring. like there's already a generational shift where people are moving off Facebook. 
you know, oh, fa- face, Facebook was smart by buying Instagram, but they should have bought, um, they should have bought Twitter when it was early days. They should have bought um, Discord. They should have bought a whole bunch of things if they wanted to maintain that. Yeah, isn't with, like a million people a day leaving Facebook? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Because their stocks just went down by 24% because that number was released. Yeah. And I lost a bit of money out of Facebook. <laughs> stuff. But And Meta's crashing. Like, so well, I think Meta's going to be sh- like Facebook's version. I don't think it'll be no, good. It's not I think uh, Microsoft will f***ing own them because oh, yeah, of when they, with their acquisition of uh, you see how many what they, they, they bought every gaming. Like the metaverse has kind of been there in the sense that people. Well, Fortnite's its own look metaverse. At, like, like World of Warcraft or whatever. I yeah. never played it, but that's a whole community and that's yeah. essentially a metaverse. So they've got all the existing infrastructure yeah, to do that. Kill it. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I bought a bunch of Microsoft stock yesterday, so <laughs> just because preemptively, like Facebook, they bought uh, Quest, the Oculus, like the headset. That, that's a great thing for moving in that direction. Anyway, we're getting off track. I guess where I was going with, as soon as people start leaving that platform, that business is tanked. There's no backup option unless they're gonna start like unless they have like an R and D department where they're actively looking at secondary um, income streams for like, okay, how do we utilize um, Discord to make money? How do we, whatever, Twitch, stuff like that. Yeah. If they can shift out into those, the business will last. Yeah. The, the, the businesses that are doing the best right now are the ones that are not reliant on Facebook ads yeah. or Facebook groups. Yeah. The Facebook group, there's a cap to how much money you can make Correct. from a Facebook group. And it's, listen, it's different for every business because of how much money you charge. Yeah. If you charge 5K, man, making more than 350 from that group a month yeah. is difficult. Yeah. Like, but if you charge 30 grand, like, yeah, you can make a million dollars a month from a Facebook group. But like telling people, yeah, they can make a million dollars a month. It's like, well, we make a million dollars a month. It's like, well, yeah, no, but like, how much is your product? Right. And are you doing upfronts? Are you doing recurrings? Like, is it, how long did it take to build that? Like, you know, at seventh level we have, you know, most of our products or average product sale is going to be like six grand, mm. right? We can't do a million dollars a month from a Facebook group. It's like the amount of sales you have to make. It's f-ing crazy. doesn't mean the business can't do a million dollars a month, but from that, that Facebook one group, asset, you yeah. just capped out because the platform stops you from being able to do a certain more activity. Right. And then it just becomes like, how many setters do you want to have? And you want to have 30 setters in the Facebook group just going crazy. Like you're going to overfish it. Right. Yeah. And then you're on other stuff. So it's like, you know, you can only make so much money per platform, but the people who are, the, our accounts that are really crushing it have figured out YouTube. Those are the ones that are crushing it. Like the guys who figured out Google and YouTube, mm-hmm. man, like in combination with the Facebook the group game. and other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, Facebook group always becomes like, it's a great starting point. Yeah. But if we have, a, if I have a look at the offers that are really killing it, like really killing it, like paying us hundreds and hundreds of thousands a month, they're all email and Google. Mm. There's also, um, there's a shelf life on that. In the same way that, um, look back, what, five, six years ago, where we're running ads to gyms. It's like, hey, 20 day challenge, lose 10 kilos. I'm, just, I'm sure there's still a few gyms. Shut down. There like that, that marketing yeah. method no longer exists in the same way that, um, you can't guarantee any results. Yeah, because particularly with like Facebook, they look, they want to replicate um, Google Teams from what it looks like, and I think like over the next couple of years, a lot of the Facebook group staff will shift to like interactive workspace environments potentially. Maybe I, I wouldn't bet on it. But well, I think there's only a matter of time before they start charging for groups. I, I, absolutely, like particularly if ad revenue goes down, like they don't want to. 
they have a duty to shareholders to keep the price stock up. Yeah. So they're going to have to start monetizing from other means or running um, ads within those groups, which yeah. is going to piss I don't understand. Off. Like they're making advertising on Facebook so difficult. Yeah. It's it's bad. It's weird to me. Yeah. I think um, like it's such a f- dark art these days for people yeah, who know how to do it properly. And it's so complicated on the back end. Like, I don't know how much more complicated it can become. I also think like if I had to look at it in more detail and pure speculation, the amount of complaints those guys would get about terrible ads that get reported and stuff. Oh, it's a lose-lose. Yeah, you'd think that... Um, That's why I think groups are good because people opt into them. Exactly. And like they want to be there and they can just f-ing leave. Hmm. So to me, groups is... I think groups has definitely got a good run ahead of it. Yeah. And not that many people are that good at it. Yeah. Everyone uses them and people seem to like being in them. Like I like most of what I interact in on Facebook is groups. Yeah. I think also like that advertising structure through Facebook will shift more to like a heavier pay to pay to win where it's like, dude, it's already pretty geared that way. Yeah. But I think it's like over the next like year or two. It, like you look at that challenge barriers, that we just ran, yeah. right? Because like we couldn't spend 20 grand a day. Well, no, dude, but like, we were at one point we bid at a thousand dollars for a group join. Yeah, right. Right? So, which is ridiculous. Exactly. Right? So now you can't optimize for group joins because you have to go outside a platform. Mm. When they've when they allow you to go inside platform, that will that will change things significantly. Yeah. But like because we were trying to spend so much money so quickly, which was a learning curve in itself, even though we had people apparently who knew what they were doing, but that was highly debatable. Um was it got like crazy expensive. And like the thing with Facebook ads is like the more you spend, the weirder it gets, mm. you know, <laughs> you know, whereas like it's a little bit more predictable, uh, a little bit more manageable within like Google and YouTube. They seem to be geared for like high ad spends yeah, because there's so, there's so much more like, especially Google, like Google is just like, they have, they have been doing it for a very long time with huge numbers. Yeah, it's now, also they just they just change it so on Facebook you can't target certain people anymore. Yeah, because and, uh, they're protecting the people who have spent the money. Which is why I think just like fair. over time they're probably Facebook won't be used. You by can't target Ty people. Lopez. You can't yeah. target Grant Cardone. You can't target. I'm assuming there's a bunch of people. Probably can't target Coke if you have a drink. That you yeah, all the people that have spent crazy amounts of money on Facebook, yeah. they're protecting because right now you can just do a lookalike audience of everyone that liked Grant Cardone and Grant Cardone has spent $25 million on Facebook ads. Like that's kind of bull. So kind of fair though. It's fair enough. Yeah. I think it, but I'm sure it over a few ad guys. Yeah. So, and also Google just did an update as well, changing some of their display settings. So if you're a sales guy and you're experiencing low ad volume, that's why those are the two reasons why you're experiencing low ad volume. One of the cool things I didn't actually read it, but um, I was explained it by some of our media guys with YouTube they're trying to move to utilize that comment section more heavily to um, replicate Facebook, where it's got far more engagement to push that stuff. Because if it gets more engagement, more people will switch over to YouTube to spend money there as opposed to other yeah. uh, Google. And YouTube that. is a way, in my opinion, a way better. So much more engaging. So what's well, so the much? Video. There's so much more intent. Mm-hmm. Whereas Facebook, Facebook is the same as driving down a highway and having billboard ads. Yep. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like YouTube is like you're driving to a destination to go and see a shop. Exactly. And then at that shop, there's an, a shop next door, which sells a similar product. So you have a chance to see both shops. Yeah. With YouTube, you're, like you go on, you search for a topic that you want to look at. 
Yeah. Right. Therefore, things get suggested with Facebook. It's like the highway. It's like, oh, this is what my friend posted. Yeah. It's nothing it's, direct. It's weird. Okay. But yeah, it's been interesting. I don't know. Um, it's about enough for today. Back for the sales guys. One question. Yeah. Um, you're pretty much recovered now. Yeah. Over the next, say, seven days with how, like, your lungs are feeling, your head's feeling, if you were on calls all day, how do you think you'd cope with that? I'd be all right. Yeah? Yeah. You reckon you'd close as high? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I was expecting maybe no. Well, no, it's because, like, uh, if you have a good process, it doesn't matter how you feel. I've done calls hungover, super tired, 2 a.m., 11 p.m., hungry, sad. It doesn't really matter. I just do the process, and the process tends to work. If you allow that to be your reality, then you don't really get caught up in the whole like mindset thing where you have to meditate for 45 minutes before each call to get psyched up to talk to a human. Mm. Well, there you go, guys. I hope you sat through our little rants talking about speculative Facebook stuff, which has no relevance to anything. Oh, well. Uh, but it was fun for us. I don't give a f- but if you got through that, there was some really great advice at the end for a sales guy. Yeah, so, there you go. Congratulations. Like, subscribe, the notification, but all that kind of good stuff. All right, guys, bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.